Welcome to Oops, I Talk Politics, the left-wing political show where we talk about politics. I'm Ryan. I'm Sly. I'm Phil. And I'm Daryl. We made it. Yeah, one more year down, three to go, guys. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah, sorry guys, it's us again. Uh, we had all these good episodes of all these cool guest stars, <laughs> giving personal stories, and now it's our bunch of fucks again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we got the old gang back together to look at 2017, everyone's favorite year. Yeah, remember when everyone was like, wow, 2016 is so bad. Yeah, 2017 was like, hold my beer. Yeah. Oh, 2018, please be better. So we wanted to do a little bit of a look back at some of the stories that we like wanted to talk about but kept getting shelved because of, you know, everything else. More interesting guest stars than yeah. us. Or just, like, you know, like, we had episodes that we wanted to talk about. Like, I wanted to talk about, like, Trump firings, but then, like, the healthcare stuff came up. And, like, you know, so we wanted to kind of look back at some of the stuff that we didn't pay enough attention to, but also the tax bill, because it's the tax bill. <laughs> yeah. So, as I just alluded to, I am going to open up with just looking through 2017, the amount of people that Trump has fired and whether or not that that was regular. Is that normal for a president to fire? Are they regular? Are Trump's cabinet regular? <laughs> yeah. Can can I can I guess that the answer is no? It's not regular. Well, actually, <gasps> you're right. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, okay, so the, the one the bottom line here, according to a, I'm reading a nine news article, just some local news station, that it is substantially more turnover than most presidency in their first year. But it's actually pretty regular for a president in a troubled period. So it's like comparable to when Jimmy Carter like rebooted his cabinet and like fired a bunch of people and replaced them to show that he's like, you know, trying to turn over a new leaf. Or it's, you know, Reagan fired seven head cabinet members during Iran Contra. And during President Tyler's office, he lost a lot of people because he took over for Henry Harrison when he died and like purged a lot of his cabinet. Yeah. So we do see that it's oh same thing Andrew Jackson and Ulysses Grant had yeah. a, had some heavy turnover but usually those are about scandals and I guess the whole Trump presidency yeah, kind of has say, been scandals. This is a troubled period. Trump is president. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's it's interesting to note that if you compare it as a first year, Trump is so the outlier. So I want to go through a quick timeline, and obviously this isn't going to be everybody, but this is there's a lot of people. <laughs> so January twentieth. Trump is inaugurated and basic and non-career diplomats who were given uh, ambassador positions by Obama were all immediately fired, which is, you know, I guess great for foreign relations. <laughs> then January 30th, the uh, first immigration ban goes into place and Sally Yates, the acting attorney general, refuses to enforce it mm -hmm. and she gets fired. And one of the reasons why Sally Yates was so interesting is she was one of the main people in drawing attention that Michael Flynn was lying about Russian stuff. And she said, like, we've been investigating Michael Flynn. And the Republicans tried to make that a crisis, like a scandal that like, oh, look, she was investigating Trump. And like, not really. The Donald, they're still like the unmasking yeah. of the Sally Yates, you know, like. Yeah. Yeah. Remember when Obama then, was wiretapping Trump? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, through our microwaves, according to Kellyanne Conway. <laughs> then, uh, after 23 days on the job, on February 13th, Michael Flynn resigned. And that was after Pence went on TV and said that he hadn't discussed sanctions with the ambassador, which was a lie. Whether Pence lied or didn't know is up for debate. But Finn ha Flynn had allegedly lied to uh, Mike Pence. Then March 2nd, Jeff Sessions recused himself from the Russian meddling investigation, even though it's not really a firing at all. It's kind of showing that, like, even the people that keep their jobs aren't allowed to do them. <laughs> yeah, and and, uh, and Trump got pissed off at Sessions for that. He was like, why did I fucking hire you if you're not going to defend me from all this Russia stuff? Yeah, yeah. he's like, I'm involved. <laughs> yeah. Then March 10th, Sessions abruptly asked 46 U.S. attorneys to resign, which in and itself is not that unusual. That, that does happen in changeovers where they asked a lot of uh, attorneys to resign. But Preparara, the U.S. attorney in N New York City, refused to comply and was fired. And he was told personally by Trump that he could retain his position, but apparently not. Then we had a couple months of relative peace, I guess. Well, actually, no. March 30th, Katie Walsh, the deputy chief of staff, resigned. Forgot about her. Then it April was okay. And then May 9th, 
Comey was fired, the head of the FBI. That was a big one. That One of the biggest, mm-hmm. yeah. Then May 30th, the communications director, Mike Dubke, re- resigned after just three months on the job. July 20th, Mark Carallo, the spokesman for the legal team defending Trump on Russia, resigned. And his lead attorney also stepped back from that position. Uh, July 21st, Sean Spicer resigned. R.I.P. And R.I.P., yeah. Oh, right, right before that, July 19th, Walter Schaub, the Office of Government Ethics Director, resigned. Then Sean Spicer left. And a week later, Reince Priebus, the Chief of Staff, resigned. And then after just 10 days as Sean Spicer's replacement, Anthony Scaramucci was fired. Oh, man. R.I.P. How long did he last? Like, like a week or something like that? He lasted 10, 10 days. days. <laughs> Does you know the new unit of measurement and how many Scaramucci's have we lived <laughs> in our lives? Actually, Reagan had a press secretary for just seven days, the shortest wow. in history. And he was fired. See, I told you Trump is a new Reagan. Yeah, and uh, actually very much so because one of uh, – and Reagan's guy was fired after a week when it was revealed that he was in the Nazi youth. <laughs> See, what's interesting is uh, a lot of the comparisons you were making before about uh, turnovers and cabinets, it's like the president cleaning house and firing people. But a lot of these are people like, I can't fucking be here anymore. Like they just, they, yeah. they're asked to do crazy shit and they're just like, I'd rather just not have this job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I want to point out some are res- resignations, some are firings. In the world of politics, it's really hard to tell which yeah. is actually the difference because technically right. Flynn resigned. Right. But yeah. he definitely was about to be fired. Right, you you just tell them in advance, like, hey, get out. Yeah, it actually, like, related to later down the line, spoilers, but, like, Omarosa, we're seeing this with her right now, where it's like, she's like, oh, I resigned, and everyone there is like, no, she was fired. And apparently she was dragged away by security. Yeah. <laughs> also, the people that actually still are, like, just, the people that, like, quit just because they can't handle it anymore, uh, we have the people that quit that, do, that did that, but those are the people that, like, are currently, like, I can't fucking handle this, like, uh... Supposedly Rex Tillerson, people like that, who are like, I can't fucking deal with this fucking child right now. Yeah. Yeah. John Kelly, hopefully. <laughs> I love, how, I love how just like last week Tillerson was like, we're open for any negotiations with North Korea with no preconditions, and then two days later the White House is like, uh, that's not true, and then Tillerson's like, I guess it's not true. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. Like, I guess the White House didn't tell me. I, it's like it's just such. Such bad, obvious, such obvious bad communication of relations there. Mm-hmm. Well, this, the truth is, it's probably like Joe Kelly was using charge of stuff, and then Trump found out about it through Ben, like emailing him or something. And Trump was like, "I gotta get on the horn and tell uh, Rex Tillerson that we're not doing that th- that thing because I'm I'm Trump and I gotta yeah. be." Yeah, leader. one of the funniest yeah. things is seeing like Trump take, like how the White House is trying to say something, then Trump will say like something else or contradict it. Yeah, because well, Trump usually probably doesn't give a shit. Most of the time, he spends watching TV, uh, eight hours of TV. Yeah, and, and then like, it's oh. just crazy that this <laughs> yeah. entire administration has to reconfigure itself around his message. We're like, actually, yeah. yeah, there were a lot of people at the inauguration. It's like, what? <laughs> yeah, one of the cases that embodies that a lot is the Flynn case because Yates and Obama told Trump, "Hey, f- don't let Flynn be a national security advisor. Like, he's definitely like a traitor." <laughs> and he was like, "No, it's fine, it's fine." And then, like, there's reports that they knew about it tr- when Trump asked Comey, "Hey, maybe don't investigate Michael Flynn." And now he- Trump is saying, "Like, oh yeah, I knew about it. I knew he lied to the FBI." So, like, he asked Comey to stop investigating a felony that he apparently knew happened. No, but then yeah. it was said that it was his lawyer that was <laughs> tweeting, which is the most ridiculous. <laughs> like, even the like, uh, <laughs> even the safe stories that they give, like, oh, like the ones that we all like. Politics always have these narratives that are like obviously not but like i can't for sure say that's not yeah. true and even their fake stories are like god yeah it's like legally it could yeah. hold up so then this brings us to august which is like when i feel like the the big august resignation was the big one august 18th steve bannon resigned mm-hmm. yeah steve bannon was the white house chief strategist he was the head of breitbart he's a toad he's like the, a living toad man yeah he's the nazi guy <laughs> and he was followed suit on august 25th by sebastian gorka the other Nazi guy. <laughs> also, is he Breitbart or is he Daily Caller? He's like one of those. He's, yeah, he's so. a Breitbart news staffer. Yeah, okay, okay. And he, he was the one that said he could better serve the president's America's first agenda from the outside. Mm-hmm. So, like, Bannon and Gorka left the White House but are still very much pushing the Trump agenda, even when they're at odds with Trump. Like, in the Alabama election, Trump backed Luther Strange. Yeah. And they backed... Uh, more. They backed Moore, who was very much a Trumpian candidate. Because... Uh, while Trump is in the White House, he's being the establishment Republicans are desperately trying to get control over him, and they've kind of ousted out Bannon. Uh, yeah, and so like, but like Bannon knows he still has the ear of the president, and still now there's like a 
tug of war for the president's soul, I guess, yeah. where you have his, his actual baser instincts, which is what he actually believes, and what he, the people around him say. <laughs> because Trump's a child, and he'll believe what everyone around him says. Yeah, so. what's on, yeah. like, Fox News. <laughs> and one of, the, one of the big ones, too, that I feel like should have been a bigger deal when it was, was when the Secretary of Health and Human Services, Tom Price, had to resign. Because it was revealed that he was taking private jets that would cost taxpayers more than a million dollars just to, like, go on trips, whatever he felt mm-hmm. like it. Yeah. And, like, that's a that's a cabinet position. That, like, that... In any other presidency, that would be, like, a big scandal. But for Trump, it's, like, page five. <laughs> and then, as Daryl said earlier, the most recent one was Omarosa, his... Whatever the hell she did, she was a reality show winner, and and she kept getting fired from his his old shows too. But she was yeah. such a drama queen that like she got so many ratings that they kept hiring her back. And I guess yeah, uh, maybe they're doing that again here, trying to get ratings for the Trump administration. Yeah, she she brought a bunch of bridesmaids to the White House. I think that was the <laughs> the biggest thing that she did during her time there. Yeah, she was for the campaign. She was the director of African American outreach. Mm-hmm. And now she was the White House's Office of Public Liaison. And if there's one thing the Trump administration does, it's contact the public very well. <laughs> yeah, and I love that she was resigned slash fired after the Moore election that had, like, great African-American turnout. That it's yeah, like yeah. the person You that, failed me. Your people failed me. Yeah, the person that suffers is the Republican black woman. <laughs> and the, the one thing I want to point out is on this list, this is by no means... Uh, comprehensive but it's still that's a, that's a lot <laughs> that's a pretty high changeover but also this doesn't include all of the people that were nominated or considered as things that then withdrew like phil was saying before like the people that you know were like i can't do this job so like pretty much every job like i'm looking at a list from the mercury news which is a, a california newspaper right now and there was possible comey replacements there was like four or five different senators that all withdrew their own consideration andrew puzder was nominated to run the department of labor Kasich had, was in there somewhere yeah <laughs> we had uh if you remember kellyanne conway's husband wanted to get a position at the department of justice we had lots of spokespeople and just like the list is so long and it's also worth noting like it's not just like a, a, a shake up in all of the departments it's like sometimes the same department losing their head over and over like that's yeah. what's also strange is when you have to keep replacing the same job like something is going very wrong there yeah yeah so that's just that's just like a little a little bit of an overview into just the general chaos that is the Trump administration that you don't like the people that are negotiating with North Korea right now, not negotiating, but you know, that are like planning our policy might not be there in a month. Yeah. And the people that were doing it a month ago might not be not might not be there now. And those people are probably not talking with the military about it. They're probably not talking to the president about it. Like it seems like there's just such bad communication among all the different executive departments. And the executive branch is the biggest by yeah. far of the three branches like there's a lot of people so when you know we talk about in the past like the difference between like ideology versus like political skill like there is actually like a, a skill in managing big departments like this yeah. and trump has it because he's a businessman <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I think republicans policies in general have shown how much we take for granted having competent uh people because yeah. yeah. we think like oh the republicans in general their philosophy is you don't need the government for anything but it's amazing how many things don't work at all and, like, how dangerous things become if, like, shit, like, foreign relations break down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, there's a reason that there's, like, thousands of people in all these different departments that all have full-time jobs because they it's required to run all these big... I mean, there's always that, like, idea that maybe the Republicans are just like, fuck it, let's let it just burn to the ground and then people will see how ineffective it is because we can't run it. Mm-hmm. But, like, I'm not sure that's Trump's strategy. <laughs> I want to ask you guys what, how you would respond to this. Because a couple months ago, I got into a big argument with a big Trump guy. <laughs> Your dad? <laughs> no, he's not a Trump yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. But it was somebody that me and my dad worked with when I had a job with him. But I was arguing with him. And first, like, I was like, well, the administration is in chaos. Because, like, I mentioned the transgender uh, military ban that, like, a lot of top Pentagon people said that, They had no idea it was coming and didn't know how to, like, deal with it. When when Obama put it in place, you know, allowing transgender people to serve, he spent, like, a year meeting with the military and implementing it properly. And he was like, oh, no, everybody wanted that. I don't know who those people are that you're talking about. So then I pivoted to, well, but look at, like, Tillerson is asking for State Department positions to be filled. And, like, there's so many branches of Trump's government that are left totally empty, like empty rooms that should have people in them. And he said, oh, well, that's because of overspending in the government. And, like, they think that we're wasting all this money. So they're downsizing to be more efficient. Mm -hmm. How do you argue with that? 
if if you can show any intention to do that, like that's the thing is, I I could understand like trying to, to like reduce the size of the government. It is very bulky, the executive branch, mm-hmm. but like yeah, it, it's like this is obviously unintentional because they, it's not like they're like we're cutting the budget and reducing the jobs. They're just like. 5,000 open jobs. Anyone want them? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I honestly disagree. I do think it's intentional. I do think they probably are downsizing to an extent because even during Obama years, they refused to approve Obama's appointments uh, just to keep uh, p- positions empty too. Like I think they, they want the, the less positions in the government. They want the government to be smaller. But this isn't Congress doing this. This is Trump just not nominating. But, but I think I, I think uh, even like Trump's White House is probably like, let's not just leave that seat closed. Like we don't need it. Like they're probably thinking that to themselves. I guess, I guess it could be, yeah. It's impossible to tell. That's like yeah, why that's I didn't know how to argue with that. Exactly. It's like it, it is not stated intention to do this. It's just it seems like there's just thousands of open jobs. Well, we're arguing whether whether be they're being incompetent or negligent. So it's, yeah. it's kind of a moot point. Yeah, that's true. So that's that's my overview. Yeah, every Trump resignation or firing was kind of like a, there's a little bit of joy of seeing these people so loyal to him getting burned. And also, I have to say, the ten days of the of Scaramucci was my favorite part Me of this too. whole. <laughs> Me too. I mean, lest lest we forget, he said Bannon sucks his own cock, <laughs> or tries to, tries to. Not just that, he called a reporter and out of the blue and volunteered this. <laughs> Especially because he reminds me, he acts so much like Trump. And- and reminds everyone so much of Trump. Yeah. Yep. And like he got fired by, by <laughs> himself, kind of. Yeah. So I was actually, this was over the summer, right? I remember we were actually on our honeymoon and like we were in Greece and some people I knew there were like, hey, this guy Scaramucci got put in place. I'm like, that's crazy. Like I saw them a few days later, like he's gone. It's over. <laughs> like it was just so bizarre because I, I wasn't checking the news as often. But it was like every time I would check the news, there's just people gone. Mm-hmm. And Scaramucci, I remember distinctly. I don't remember who I was listening to. I think it was one of the Pod Save America guys. But they were like, I bought milk before Scaramucci <laughs> was hired. And it was still good when he was gone. Ah, <laughs> uh, good times. Also, he, he like ruined his life because of that. Because like, yeah. he got blackmailed, yeah. blacklisted in like the industries. He, he, yeah. he like divorced his wife or yeah, something. Yeah, exactly. Like his family, <laughs> his wife left him. Like he, he ruined his life for 10 days of a uh, shitty job. <laughs> So one of the other big things, the reason why firing is so important right now is the big, like, hot news item right now is, is Trump going to try to fire Robert Mueller? Mm-hmm. So, Daryl, you want to talk about that? Yeah, sure. So if you've been clonked on the head recently and the only thing that <laughs> fell out of your brain is the Mueller investigation, allow me to give you a brief rundown. Back in May, Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein appointed... Attorney General? <laughs> I said Deputy. <laughs> deputy Eternal General. <laughs> I'll never die. (laughs) I'm here forever, Trump, which is not true. (laughs) Appointed Robert Mueller to serve as special counsel for the Department of Justice to continue James Comey's investigation of links between the Russia government and individuals associated with Trump's campaign, as well as any matters that may directly arise from the investigation. Like we talked about in our Russia episode, uh, the, the claim by every U.S. intelligence agency is that, well, we they know like a hundred percent fact that Russia tried to influence the election to have Donald Trump win. The question at hand is, was the Trump administration and the the Trump campaign, uh, complicit? Like were were they help? Were they soliciting help from Russia or aiding Russia in trying to get elected? Yep, exactly. And the, um, any matters that may arise from the investigation means that, uh, it branches out into Trump's obstruction of justice from firing Comey, as well as any financial ties to Russia from both Trump's team and lobbying firms. As of right now, the criminal proceedings have brought uh, have been brought against four individuals: George Papadopoulos, who was the part of the Foreign Policy Advisory Panel for Trump's campaign. That was another fun time too, following the news and hearing every reporter say Papadopoulos over and yep. over and over again. Snuffleupagus. Snuffleupagus. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Michael Flynn is the second one, the national security advisor to Trump. Paul Manafort, who was Trump's campaign manager from June to August of 2016. And Rick Gates, who's a business associate of Paul Manafort. Can I say one thing about Manafort that I find so funny? Did you, are you going to talk about how his bail was revoked? No. Oh, God. Okay. So he was out, he was first, so the FBI raided his house in the middle of the night. And then he was charged with crimes and he was out on bail. And they had to revoke his bail because he was writing for pro-Russian propaganda pieces about how great his case is and how he's definitely not a bad guy. Yeah. Wasn't Manafort the guy also who was getting paid by Turkey to do Turkey? Yes. Thing? Yeah. I think that's what he got charged with, right? Because he yeah. didn't la- label himself as, mm-hmm. a, uh, as a foreign agent. Yep. Yeah. 
Um, Papadopoulos and Flynn had pled guilty to one count of lying to the FBI about their ties to Russia, while Manafort and Gates had pled not guilty to more serious crimes like money laundering, conspiracy against the U.S. government, as well as lying to the FBI. The interesting thing to note here is that um, Flynn's lawyers have notified Trump's lawyers that they can't discuss the special counsel anymore, meaning that Flynn is probably assisting the FBI with their investigation. Hell yeah. (laughs) Um, Two major threads coming out of the investigation generally is, one, Trump potentially obstructing justice for firing Comey after asking um, the former FBI director to drop the Flynn investigation, as well as the dumbass tweet that Ryan mentioned earlier. And going on TV with Lester Holt and saying, yeah, I fired him to stop the Russian <laughs> <Yeah>. investigation. <laughs> yeah, there's there's kind of a lot of evidence <laughs> supporting that. <laughs> and uh, the second major threat is the meeting between Trump campaign and Russia contacts in June for the damaging information about Hillary Clinton, which involves, you know, Trump Jr. as well as Manafort and the, the other, the British star guy. And there's some context between Trump Jr. and WikiLeaks too, right? Yep. They 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 got like a, an encryption key to check the emails. But it was after yeah. they were released publicly, so I mean, still. Yeah. Uh, so recently, there's been a lot of buzz about Trump firing Mueller from the Department of Justice release, like from the Department of Justice releasing the anti-Trump text kerfuffle to claims about rebuilding the FBI from Trump's administration to Fox News ramping up their attacks against. Uh, Mueller and co via like Sean Hannity and articles they've been releasing to Trump once again reigniting the scam of the Hillary Clinton investigation and the lack of witness interviews scheduled in 2018 for the House Intelligence Committee which a lot of Democrats are pointing to as like an obvious sign that they're going to stop the investigation. Um, To fire Mueller, the president can do two things. He can order the special counsel regulations repealed and then fire him or fire either Rosenstein or Sessions and then appoint an attorney general without Senate committee or Senate confirmation via the recess appointment, which is coming up in the next two weeks, who then the attorney general that he appoints will fire Mueller. And that's kind of what Nixon did, right? He like yeah. fired people until he found someone who would fire the person yep. he wanted to. Yeah, right. It's important to note that the loss of Mueller does not mean the end of the investigation, but a potential danger is that Trump could appoint a new attorney general or deputy attorney general that actively seeks to block Mueller's progress by denying him mandate extensions and requests, thereby crippling the investigation. The consequence to this, if the attorney general does that, is that they'll have to report to Congress about why they're stifling the investigation, but this shouldn't technically be like a problem for a like Trump loyalist to spin and... Uh, waiver in Congress. I I like I have have not been this whole time. I know a lot of people are like just waiting for Mueller to like chop Trump's head off and hold it up for the country. Yes. But I, I I have I have not been that optimistic about it. But at the same time, uh, I, you're not optimistic about him chopping off Trump's head. <laughs> I don't think I, I I'm skeptical he'll actually uh, get Trump indicted on anything. Okay, because I'm skeptical he'll chop off his head too. So I think the obstruction of justice is much more likely than the collusion, personally. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I just kind of like Nixon. But but I have noticed in the past like two weeks or maybe longer now, uh, the Republicans, Fox News, all done like a have done a complete like try to shit on Mueller's integrity as much as possible, so that and Mueller any... was the Republican. Yeah, he is a Republican, and you know Newt Gingrich. Like, yeah, six, Newt Gingrich. Six months ago. <laughs> Was like the, he he's a man of integrity that both sides can respect. Now we know that it's being handled fairly. And literally two weeks ago, he's like he's corrupt. He's in Hillary Clinton's pocket. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and it's funny actually. It's not really funny, but it's when I I, I don't see on any right wing places now anyone not saying that he's a Hillary Clinton puppet. And it's like none of these charges were there until he went after Trump. Like no one called him a fucking Hillary Clinton puppet. Yeah, it was. It's weird because it wasn't even charges until this month. Yeah, well, two things that I want to point out that we're recording this Sunday night afternoon, so it's things change all the time. Because just a couple days ago, Trump's uh, transition team actually is filing a suit against Mueller because yeah. they improperly and I use quotes obtained emails mm-hmm. from uh, from the Trump campaign, which. Based on everything I've heard about Mueller, he does everything so by the book. Yeah, I've heard other lawyers chime in that none of the emails were, like, privileged or private accounts. Like, it's all... It's perfectly legal what they did. That's the big thing right now, is among all right-wingers, they're like, that's... This shows his corruption. And 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 the anti-Trump text from the yeah. the person that he fired That's for making anti-Trump say, yeah. texts. Which is one of the, like, doesn't this prove to you that he's not biased? Yeah, so there was there was two agents that were having a 
back and forth about how Trump's like an idiot or whatever. And Mueller found out about this and fired them. And I listened to a couple interviews with FBI, like investigators, and they all said that like, that's you, he didn't have to fire him. Mm -hmm. Like he, and the reason why that actually makes me think it's more likely that he has something is he, they said the only reason why he would fire them is if he wanted to keep it so clear that he wasn't like anti-Trump which to me that sends the message that like he probably has something otherwise like if there really wasn't anything it wouldn't really matter what people thought but if he's trying so hard to make it so clear that he's not going after Trump there might actually be something there mm -hmm. yeah maybe but i think that the watching the the way that they're that Trump's team is pushing about these emails really makes me think that there's something in those emails fox the, every day is yeah. like is been hammering this like like how corrupt Mueller is, like everything about him. It's crazy. It is, it's yeah. like, it's crazy. Because just a couple of the emails that we've seen, like the three emails that jo that Donald Trump Jr. has given us are like, you, the Russian government, have information on Hillary Clinton? That sounds great. Yeah. And even like, it almost sounds like a joke when you read them because he's like, oh, this will be, this is very helpful, especially later as we get closer to the election. And then like the response is, we have the backing of the Russian government. And he's like, yeah. that's fine. <laughs> so, like, I can't... I, and then he released all his WikiLeaks Twitter DMs that are like, hey, here's the encryption code, and here's when you should be tweeting about certain things. And then he did those things. <laughs> like, I'm sure that whatever they're suing to keep secret or from getting, like, not... Like, taken off the record in court is probably pretty bad. Yeah. Potentially. It's always tough, like thinking about this and i i do like with all of our listeners i would want to issue the word of caution against getting your hopes up too yeah. high for yeah. things especially yeah, in absolutely. this administration i was actually reading an article last night about whether or not you can actually indict the president because that's that hasn't happened before because he has to become yeah. not a president in order to face charges yeah. whereas like a president yeah. is constitutionally he could be immune to those charges my argument has always been, I don't think anything's going to happen right now, but I think this is a good way to motivate Democrats to take back the House, and now mm -hmm. it's even more possible we could take back the Senate in 2018. Yeah, like, impeaching him, I think, is a better avenue to get him yes. out of office than trying to technically indict him. I was actually thinking about this, uh, like, the past couple of months. Impeachment or him resigning is the most likely avenue. Yeah, But also... Uh, it's going to be fucking hell world even more after Trump uh, leaves office, not in handcuffs, which he should. Yeah. Because uh, now he's going to be on, like Alex Jones and all of his yeah. voters are now going to be driven more insane, basically. I, I did not think yeah. about the fact of that he can continue rallying people together after he's president. Because one, one of the most uh, important, like, full pause is the former president is not supposed to come out against the current president. Mm -hmm. Like My aunt just shared two days ago that, like and share if you wish Obama would stop being a shadow president. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is, he, is he doing that? But, but like, like, Obama says, like, one thing, like, one, every couple, like, months, and then people are like, oh, shadow president. But, like, <laughs> like but the full pause is always the previous president like stays out of it because you you know you have so much so much prestige to your name that you you just start undermining the new administration really quickly, mm -hmm. and it would really suck if like every after every president the, the previous president would just talk shit about them and spread rumors yeah. about yeah because Trump yeah, is no yeah, way yeah. gonna obey that unless it's unless it's legally required of him. Yeah, you'll have to make him legally required to fucking stop it because if not, we're gonna have fucking hell world where he's gonna be going on like <laughs> far right, alt right, bright bar, and all that shit. Yeah. No, I, I agree with Sly completely. Yeah. And because it's, it seems like ages ago, but do you remember he had planned to start his own media company after yes, he lost the election? Exactly. Yeah. And like he didn't lose, so I guess he'll just do that later. Yeah. So th we got, but. At the same time, you know, he eats two Big Macs and two fish fillets and drinks twelve diet cokes a day. Maybe he'll just die soon. Yeah, hopefully he dies. I'll be the best. I'll be the best option. I know Phil hates option, but then he was dying in office. But then we'll have to hear about how he was assassinated by Hillary. Clinton. Well, at least we don't have to hear him saying that the government's trying to assassinate him on Alex Jones. Oh my God, we yeah. would hear about assassination conspiracy theories all the time. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that would be terrible if he's still around, but at least he wouldn't be president anymore. So we'll cross that yeah. bridge when we get to it. Baby steps. Make the world a little bit less immediately terrible <laughs> yeah. now, I guess. I'd rather it go back to being terrible in the background. The yeah. real problem is, like, regardless of Trump, it's like, if there are millions of people out there who are willing to buy into that kind of bullshit, then whether or not he's president or a guy in Alex Jones, you have... The, the problem is those millions of people. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, I do think it's important to note that there's been, based on recent elections and recent polling that I saw that came out this morning, that 
I don't think Trump's brand carries as much weight when it's not about Trump the person. Like, I agree. Like, the fact that Roy Moore lost, even though it was very close, like, he was very much also a Trump candidate. But when you're, when you, I think when you don't have the celebrity of Trump or as much of the charisma as Trump, like, and I, I don't think it's as much of a threat as Trump the man is. Like, Trumpism is smaller than the president, I think. Yeah, name recognition is a huge thing. And that's why one reason why Trump uh, was able to excel, even even if he wasn't that different from all the other crazy GOPers in the actual primaries. Yeah, and it's actually worth noting, too, like how even at the time, I, I, like I remember during the primaries, there were a lot of Republicans who were like, they did not want Trump. They all picked someone else. But when he became the candidate, they just were like, okay, yeah, I, I'll go with it and I'll support him. But it's not like, I guess, going back to what I just said before, it's not like... 50% of the country was, like, from the beginning, diehard Trump yeah. supporters. He kind of just fell in line. The slogan yeah. that I always heard during the primary was, Democrats fall in love and mm -hmm. Republicans fall in line. The Democrats are always looking to be inspired and Republicans just, whoever it is, they will support. Yeah, because you can't let the Dems win. Yeah, and uh, I just saw a poll this morning, a Wall Street Journal poll, that even though Trump's approval rating has bumped up a couple points, he, overall, for the first time since 2008... More than 50% of the country wants a Democratic-controlled Congress. Mm -hmm. And, like, the fact that even that, that that went up while Trump's popularity still rose, I don't think, like, I think that Trumpism stops at Trump. It's, yeah, it, it, it illustrates your point because uh, the people say, do you like Trump? They'll say, yeah, like Trump, it's his like it is and all this shit because they know that's how they view him as public persona. Mm -hmm. yeah. But, like, actual shit going on, like... Uh, they'll think like, nah, things are shit. Let's have a change in some ways. Yeah, it's kind of interesting thinking about the the strange charisma of Trump. It's like what brings a lot of people to him because we saw it with Scaramucci that he he spoke his mind, but like no one was like crying that he had to leave the government. Whereas <laughs> yeah, Trump's yeah. like such a special mixture of like a lot of different things that people like about him, like that he he speaks his mind, and that he triggers the libs, and that he's he's a good businessman. I mean, like, even though he's a total moron, like, we couldn't look away. Like, we watch the same stupid meme videos of Trump yep. over and over again. Yeah, like, we're complicit. Yeah, he has this charisma that, like, he's a celebrity. You know, there's a reason why he became popular. I do think, like, in the future, they'll probably, like, now people, people talk about having uh, Dwayne Johnson run against him and, like, Mark Zuckerberg oh, running against God. him. I, I think eventually politicians will figure out, like, you just have previous existing celebrities and we'll have, like, Clint Eastwood versus, like, uh, The <laughs> but Rock. But at the same on, time, uh, like, Obama was considered a celebrity president. Like, just having charisma doesn't inherently make you a mindless celebrity. I agree, I agree. But what, that's one thing that's funny about the Republicans versus Democrats is even if, we, if, even if Democrats do like uh, charisma and, uh, you know, the celebrity, the celebrity kind of appeal... Like we did Obama, we still want Trump behind us, so we yeah. we wouldn't accept like Zuckerberg or Rock, I think. But Republicans are happy to accept it. They're yeah, really and then we it. lose because we elect someone that's just seen as the establishment, whereas Republicans are getting a bunch of idiots with like a good name. Yeah, but it's, but, it's funny because they always accuse like one one of the main things Republicans accuse, accuse Democrats of that they're guilty of themselves in reality is they accuse us of being shallow, me of about celebrities when they're the ones waiting for celebrities to endorse their shit so they can be like, oh yeah, this guy's our hero now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the only reason why they don't they're not viewed as the like celebrity Hollywood party is because nobody gives a shit about Kid Rock and Ted Nugent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, they have Scott Bio. Wow. <laughs> they have Kelsey Grammer. <laughs> He's a great guy. <laughs> As we're alluding good. to here, you know, Trump has been maybe the main motivator behind the shittiness of 2017, but uh, the Republican Party as a whole, and particularly the Republican Congress, is maybe more than complicit. They are, they are, they are, have been doing potentially more damage without getting the shit from the Dems at, that Trump has. Yeah, it's kind of uh, important that not only have they, like, stifled progress, <laughs> but they themselves have kind of created Trump. Yeah. yeah. And oh, absolutely. Nothing embodies that more than... This is actually... This upset me more than anything that Trump did all year, is the passing of the GOP tax bill. Uh, and and some, this is the most upsetting thing about Trump, and it's something any Republican would have done. Uh, Ted Cruz would have yeah. passed mm -hmm. this, Kasich would probably have passed this, all of them would have passed this. One thing to keep in mind, as of time recording, it's passed the Senate... And as we've heard, it seems like the House and the Senate have a deal, but it hasn't gone to the final vote yet. Right. So it's passed. They have to reconcile what it is first. But we have, like, a general idea of what it's going to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and this, yeah, like Sly was saying, this is not, like, a Trumpian thing. This is, like, a, re a Republican thing. They've been it's trying very to... not Trump's populism at all. Yeah. 
they would they've been trying to push a bill like this for years and now they have their opportunity with the republican in in the white house who won't veto it and they went for it so let's go over what's in this shit sandwich um because as the white house constantly keeps saying this is going to help every this is going to help average americans that's what they keep saying you're going to keep more of your hard-earned money um, i've seen commercials on during football really the, yeah the, about the republican tax plan that this is great for new york oh really yeah hey uh spoilers <laughs> it's very bad for new york <laughs> yeah in particular um so first of all if the idea is let's keep more of our money right that's that's what they keep pushing people are going to keep more of their money so you yeah keep, keep like 500 dollars in your pocket while losing all your benefits and social protection. <laughs> yeah because <laughs> as far as far as actual tax cuts go for individuals and households it's not that big of a deduction um there's it's slight slightly lower for each tax bracket like one or two percent okay yeah. That is a tax cut for everyone, um, but very, very small. The biggest tax cut in the in the bill is the biggest tax cut on corporate tax ever, from 35% corporate tax to 21% corporate tax. Job That's growth. That's 14% corporate tax. So yeah, the, the idea behind this is this will spur job growth. However... Jab. Uh, <laughs> That's not how that works. <laughs> most, of these co- most of these companies are also multinationals, so... Uh, yeah, so maybe we'll spread job growth in India or Bangladesh. <laughs> the thing that's so crazy to me is they have this this idea that the Republicans are always pushing that the only reason why we're in a recession is because re- regulations stifle corporations. But corporations have been getting record profits yeah. the last few years. So mm-hmm. how does that how does that work at all? Yeah, they're just not hiring local. That's the thing. It's like they're still making more money. They just hire Mexico and Bangladesh and stuff. And more importantly than that, well, when they do invest, they invest in like their stock options, they invest in, they invest in themselves to try and build, build up the portfolios and, and, and increase their wealth. Like they, they invest in their fucking Swiss bank accounts. That all they do, all they do is, is really hoard money. Like they, they're not gonna invest in the economy yeah. because why would they? They have no incentive to. Yeah. Especially if you're doing really well currently. What one thing a lot of people might say when they see stuff like this is like, what's the like big deal with tax cuts? Uh, like okay, companies keep more of their money, but the thing you're not realizing is we have a budget where we get in a certain amount of money and we spend a certain amount of money. So when you cut what you're getting in, like 14% of our corporate taxes, uh, well, not 14%, like a 14% rate, but out of what we were yeah. getting, we're, we're losing like a third of it uh, or more. You have to think, w- how then do we spend mm-hmm. the money if we're not getting the money? If you're the type of Republican who's like, oh, well, we don't need to spend that much money. We're uh, conservatives and shit like that. But then like, even at the bare minimum, like, Who's if you're not if the rich aren't paying for the you know the military and the police and all that shit, you know who's paying for it? You are. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. at the bare minimum, the government has some bare yeah. minimum things that has to do. And if the rich aren't paying their share, you're gonna be paying it for them. Mm-hmm. And there's all these fiscal conservatives that said like I won't vote for anything that adds to the deficit. And it, this punches a 1.5 trillion dollar hole in the deficit. And the only Republican that's against it is Bob Corker. And worth noting again for people who don't know the difference you might get confused between deficit and debt debt is the total amount of money we owe deficit is like a yearly budget thing how much is coming in how much is going out and what are we left with so it's like you make a thousand dollars of work and you spend fifteen hundred dollars you have a deficit of five hundred dollars every week exactly and we as of last as of 2016 the deficit was 500 billion this would put 1.5 trillion into the deficit which would mean our deficit at the end of the decade would be presumably assuming we're getting the economic growth that they want that's an optimistic estimate. Would we have a two trillion dollar deficit per year? That is completely unsustainable. And that estimate that they have based on growth has no merit in reality whatsoever. They want growth that we've never yeah. had and that we never will. It'll probably be like it'll probably be more like two trillion or more in deficit. So again, that that is completely unsustainable. So what will happen in the future then is, oh no, we're, we don't have enough money to pay for anything. Guess we have to cut the things. And they're not going to cut the military either. I, I, I do want to mention that Ryan said, like, oh, uh, we, we will have to have growth you never had before. And, and part of me always wonders if they actually believe, like, we'll have infinite growth forever if we just cut enough shit. Yeah, it's going to, like, the anarcho-capitalism kind of view. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but there's, like, because, like, uh, there's a big, big, big coin boom right now. And, like, people are legitimately posting saying, this is not a bubble. This is just we're Bitcoin's gonna grow forever. We're all gonna get rich forever. People legitimately believe that. Like money, like infinite wealth, it just happens. Like that's actually a thing that happens. <laughs> yeah, where's it going? Just get more know. money. Yeah. Uh, so, th- so this is supposed to be a bill just for the average American, but really, so far, the, what I've said so far is the corporate tax is the big one. Um, for the rich who get a lot of their money through corporations, yep. what it's called, like pass-through taxes. 
that's being dropped or lowered. So and Trump, you, Trump, most of Trump's companies are passed through. They go to him. Mm-hmm. The, yeah. the, all the taxes go to him. And so he's right. getting a huge tax cut. And he says, this will raise taxes for me. And he's lying. He's blatantly yeah, he's lying. lying. This is one of those things where like, I really didn't understand how, what way you could spin basically just receiving money from corporations tax-free. It's like, how do you spin this as fair? You just lie. You don't. Just you just lie. You just lie. That's the new strategy. You just say, "Ah, oh, this tax is going down for you guys and going up yeah. for me." And literally, that's the opposite. Because it's easy to make the numbers look right. Because I've seen I've seen like Republicans say, "Oh, well, the average person uh, gets twenty seven hundred dollars extra a year." But that's yeah. that's not how averages work. If one person, like if if yeah. I get. If I have to spend an extra $100 and Daryl gets an extra $500, the average person gets $300. Yeah, that's not... But that doesn't mean it doesn't fuck me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're, they're not using median. They're using, like, mean. And and so there, there was a few things people were scared of that luckily seems like they're not being put into the bill, like... Um, the student loan interest rate deductions are, are being kept safe, meaning if you pay... Uh, thousand dollars on student loan interest also sorry um, my numbers were wrong the average should be 200 not 300. <laughs> i didn't even think uh that that uh that could that's not being cut um medical expense deduction is not being cut graduate student tuition waivers are not being cut so there's a few things that people yeah. were really scared about that are not being cut luckily but it's kind of like that's like scraps compared to what will eventually happen to our budget mm-hmm. when we can't pay for it's also shit. important to note that over the 10 years with the tax plan months, like yeah. we're all going to get money back during the first year and then the next few years it's going to climb for the lower tax yeah. brackets oh yeah that that's an important point uh the individual tax cuts are eight years max and the corporate tax yeah. cuts are forever. <laughs> yeah, but come on. <laughs> so, and it's it's a fourteen percent drop, like we said. So that would mean that uh, if you wanted to bring it back to what it is today, you'd literally have to go in front of the country and be like, "We want to raise corporate taxes fifteen percent," which no one would go for. You'd think. And you, they'll um, split even for worse than that because when you go from like twenty one to like thirty five back to what we had before, they'll be like, "You're doubling the fucking tax yeah. rate, you yeah. fucking monster." Yeah, that's a, that's like the yeah. vicious cycle of Republicans always doing tax cuts. It's when you're like. We need more money to instate programs that can help you get better educated and better jobs. Like, you're going to have to be taxed more. No one wants to be taxed more, yeah. especially as we start losing more money because of this this squalor that we're in. And one thing, just to put it a little bit in context, I do understand the optics of the the younger, like, the, the poorer people's tax cuts expire, but the rich people don't, and how shitty that is just on paper. But this this is what Bush did for the tax cuts too, and it happened exactly the way you guys said, where the, the the Bush tax cuts were supposed to expire when the like recession ran out or you know whatever once growth started, and then nobody wanted to go in front of Congress and say let's raise taxes again, mm-hmm. so they just made them permanent. Yep. Yeah. And that's what will happen with this probably. Also, something I forgot to mention. Um, right now, if you have if you live in a state with high state taxes or local taxes, hi us. Uh, yeah, us. So. <laughs> Uh, we in New York pay New York state tax. There are states like, I think Texas doesn't pay state tax. Um, so right now for people in New York, California, blue states really, uh, that high that have high state taxes, you could deduct that from your federal taxes so that you would pay a little bit less in federal because you paid already so much in, in state taxes. And they're lo- lowering yeah. that quite a bit as well. So people in, in states that have high taxes, which are predominantly liberal states just because liberal states tend to have higher taxes because they spend more on programs um that's going to be more less money for people in those states Uh, and also uh like the republicans say like oh that's a good thing because they're getting getting unfair advantages they're getting lower taxes than everyone else because they're getting all these deductions when in reality that income has already been taxed because of the state and local taxes all that shit and now they're taxing it again you're double taxing them with the federal taxes Mm -hmm. basically yeah, a deduction doesn't mean, like, money back. It's saying yep. that you don't get yeah. double tax. That's literally what a deduction is. And it's like, what can we do about it? Because all we can do is vote blue the next time, like, yeah. for uh, to send more senators to stop this. Well, actually, this is one thing that I want to mention of what we can do about it, is there are actually, it's very unlikely, I'm not saying that, like, oh, we could beat this because it's going to be really hard, but there are a couple things that can make us beat this. There are, the, the one big thing is if you live in a blue state like us and have a Republican representative, 
Like my mm. Republican representative who almost always votes for tr- votes with Trump's agenda and had a fundraiser by Steve Bannon last week. Like he's a real fucking asshole, but he's a hard no on this bill because he knows that he if he if this bill passes, he will lose his reelection. And there's seven Republican congressmen in California that are in districts that Hillary won. They're very vulnerable. If you're a blue state if you're a blue state resident with red state congressmen, they're the ones to fight it. And also some of the caveats that like Marco Rubio and Susan Collins and Lisa Murkowski were promised in the tax bill have not happened yet. Collins said she would only vote if they stabilized Obamacare before the vote came out. Oh yeah, out. they're cutting the pre- the mandate super. Yeah, pre- and Rubio said he's a no unless they restore the childhood uh, health insurance program chip. I think they... They did, they did restore child uh, tax credit. And, and about yeah, the, the, uh, the Obamacare mandate, uh, some Republicans are like, okay, we'll pass the tax bill now, get something done. And then the, the year, because it takes like a year before the mandate dies out, I yeah. think 2019. So we'll try to pass it next year. Like, it was so easy to pass this fucking bill. Yeah. yeah. But what, what I'm saying is that's why it's unlikely, but putting pressure on people like Susan Collins, who did vote against the Obamacare repeal, you know, a couple months ago, that is possible. Now, there's also the gross cynical side of it, where there are two Republican senators in the hospital. Without their votes, they cannot pass this bill. So, you know, there's also putting pressure to let the Senate confirm <laughs> Doug Jones before the vote comes. That's one less Republican vote. They're going to say there's a pressure to yeah. let the, the hospitals pull the plug on them. <laughs> yeah. you know, I like, was like, what are you, what are you advising? <laughs> where are you going with this? Oh, John McCain. <laughs> I'm always the one on the show that's like, I hate talking about things just politically and not how they affect people's lives. But like... Sorry, this tax bill is super, super gross. And sorry if I'm going to be... And it, it affects, affects people's, people's lives. lives. Yeah. Sorry. People push about like when you're like waiting for... Uh, talking about Supreme Court deaths and shit like that. But like if you say... Not talking about that at all. You're saying this is all... The political theater is more important than the actual that's true, al- that's outcomes true. of... But like I'm not saying stuff. that like I want John McCain to die so this right. bill doesn't pass. But like I- I'm just saying that if he does die, it'll be <laughs> no, beneficial. It's just, but it's worth mentioning that these are facts. These are factors in like what gets legislated, and they affect people's yeah, lives. That when you can only lose three votes, yeah. and you have two maybes, one definite no Republican, and two who might not be able to vote on it before Doug Jones is confirmed, that's something worth talking about. To mm-hmm. not just yes. say the bill has passed. Yep. One one last thing I want to say before I sign off here is that I was looking at uh, the portrayal of this tax bill on various news uh, sites, and I saw, like, the Young Turks talk about it, and they're like, uh, you know, this is how you're being screwed by the rich, they're trying to fuck you, you're fucking dead, fuck you poor people, is what's happening in this bill. And then you had, like, the ABC was like, uh, here's the, they went more into, like, the just overall the different parts of the numbers and everything. And then I watched Fox, and I, I don't ever watch Fox, so I was... Maybe I maybe this is more normal than I thought, but I was shocked. They had a congresswoman on, and in a whole seven minute segment, they did not bring up one number, <laughs> yeah. one one fact. They she said this is going to give money into the hands of everyday Americans, and he's like, I'm so happy, I'm so proud of Trump for this. And she's like, you know, but the Democrats they're they're threatening to shut down the government over this, and he's like, but I can't think of any good reason to shut down the government. She was part <laughs> of the government shutdown, by the way, in the in 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 twenty fucking thirteen, and. And they're, they're, she's just like, yeah, I don't know. The Democrats really, we're gonna have to fight them on this. But you know, this is this is gonna be a bill for you guys. It's gonna keep, give more money into your hands. And he's like, I'm just, I'm so proud of this. And that that was the, literally the segment did not mention any actual. Yeah, that is that's typical of Fox News. It that's, was. Yeah, this is this is the this is like the the crystallized problem of the post fact world is that you'll have people watching this and there's no way to tell them. It's like you need more sources than just Fox News for information. Yeah. And let's just look at it because if you look at any of the numbers, you can't say that because let's look at just such a simple, small part is let's pretend I'm one of those people that would get an extra five hundred dollars in my tax bill. If you repeal the individual mandate, my premium is going to go up 20 to 30 percent just from this one little sentence in the bill. That's an extra for us. That's an extra three hundred dollars a month. So you know what? You can keep your five hundred (laughs) dollars. Yeah. And even for the people, like we said before, the people that it does go, that it does help a little bit, like, is it worth me getting an extra grand this year to in in five to eight years when, when the government is completely fucking insolvent and has to cut every program? Or in five no, to eight I, years I, when you're paying 2000 back now. Yeah. Like, you have to pay more money. Yeah. 
but not not the rich people. Their their interest lowers at like a, a lower rate. Yeah. Bernie Bernie Sanders actually like warning, like saying, "Oh, they're going to cut. They're going to have these cuts. They're going to cut Social Security, and Medicare, and Medicaid, and all that shit." And then and then mm-hmm. the Republicans are like, "I sort of ridiculous. What a propagandist!" Then like the, the week after, like, "Yeah, we're we're, pass, we're going to pass a bill to cut Medicaid and uh, yes. Medicare." Well, oh, I saw God. the night of the vote. The night of the vote, I was watching C-SPAN, and Marco Rubio was like defending childhood t- tax credits or whatever. And then he said, "Oh, and then after this is passed, we'll reform Medicare and Social Security." And Bernie went up. And he's like, did you guys yeah. fucking hear that? He just said the thing that I said he was going to say. Did you guys hear that? And everyone's like, I yeah. can't believe he's he's saying this. Like, how dare he accuse us of this? And Bernie's like, he just said the thing. What? That's, like- the thing. That's, well, that's what I hate about fucking, like, uh, everyone does this in politics. They're like, how dare you, sir? You're, you're besmirching my honor. And mm-hmm. like, stop fucking playing my honor. Stop with the fucking facts. Like, what, yeah, it's like to- grandstanding about what yeah. they're yeah. The Republicans are gaslighting America. <laughs> they are gaslighting America. And uh, by the way, there's also, according to Washington post it's like obscure uh uh deficit trigger like if the deficit goes high enough medicare will have automatic cuts yeah to it. really yeah oh wow so that's 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 all according to okay. Gregory, then i i really like it, this this honestly depressed me yeah. more than anything in the year and i know i'm saying this as a white male so like maybe oh, yeah. the, yep. the social issues affected me less but like at the same time it's like everyone regardless of sexual orientation or gender or race you are all getting fucked economically like one thing to remember like people like people who get affected by this shit the most are probably gonna be minorities they're probably going to be uh women are more likely to be uh affected this than the fucking men like which uh white men are like the, the people that are gonna be benefit the most out of all this like mm-hmm. it's, it's every other group that gets fucked over mm-hmm. by republican policies yeah economic issues also are the root of everything like you can have you can have uh your Prejudice can exist in a society, and it will probably exist forever, but if you don't have the money to do, if you don't have financial independence, you have nothing, really. Like, it is, it is, it is essential for people to be independent yeah. to have money for that, like, to have resources. Like, if you so, have discrimination laws, and you don't have, like, a union or, like, the money yourself to go to court on discrimination laws, it doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you're fucked. One thing I do just want to say, I agree with everything you guys are saying. I do think it's important, I just have to say, to walk and chew gum at the same time and fight for both things. But yes, I agree. The thing with the yeah. the thing with yeah, the economic bill, like this tax bill, is one of the reasons why I'm more social issues than economic issues is I feel like the social issues are so upfront where the economic issues are more like subtly fucking people and like, when you, yeah, like it's like how you get more money back but then certain rebates are cut. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. hard especially if some people don't yeah. don't take it those is rebates. Like the other states that don't have the they don't get taxed twice for state and federal. Yeah, not even just optics, but like there's a difference between someone directly being like you don't deserve rights and that or saying like, yeah. well, here's an economic philosophy that even though it doesn't have any actual reality merit that like like tangentially affects these people. Like it does directly affect these people. Mm-hmm. But like I do think it's important yeah. to stand up to direct like bigotry and stuff like yeah. that but at the same time this bill is so directly terrible like they explicitly say like fuck grad students and i know that was repealed but at the time that's what it was in there they like, proposed it they're, they have all these propo- yeah. like we even mentioned all the things they proposed and like had to be removed because it was so monstrous like <laughs> one of the things they wanted to pass was repeal of the johnson amendment which yeah oh yeah lets you uh, let's uh, churches di- directly endorse and fund campaigns and shit <laughs> yeah and that's the thing is like this bill was as egregiously terrible and upfront at its face awful as the social issues that we like are like how could anyone say this like this is te- like the stuff Roy Moore was saying was super super terrible and like it's as clearly terrible in this yeah bill especially that if they're like yeah. we want to fuck everyone. one of the biggest things about like Trump's whole campaign is his whole administration is it supposed to be making America great again which is uplifting the white working blue collar people in in the nation and this bill is not that and it's like how yeah. do you how does anyone support this well actually people really it's a pretty unpopular bill it's a 30 percent uh, approval rate according to quinnipiac yeah it's pretty unpopular and actually ryan Rosego trump's uh, approval went up has been going up like every, when this happened it went down again because it's like it's like with the healthcare thing people are like uh, hold on, like, this yeah. my Keep in mind, money. it went from 35 to 41. It's not like all of a sudden he's fucking Obama. Like, it reminded <laughs> no, me of someone's tweet that yeah. said, like, is the, like, re- even regarding the FCC net neutrality stuff, it's like, it's almost like the Trump administration is compelled to vote for things that have less than 40% approval. <laughs> And the thing is, this, I think, ties into what I was saying before, that, like, even though Trump endorses his bill and is fighting for it and even stumping for it, it's... His base doesn't translate to popularity of anything other than him. Mm-hmm. Like, he says this bill's great, but the people, his base doesn't buy it. It's less popular than he is. Yeah. 
the best the best thing they like about it is like oh it simplifies things right when you cut you make less tax bra- text brackets that's the tax code is too complicated i can't do it without an accountant there are tax cuts in there which is always a plus yeah. for republicans no matter what so long yeah. story yep. short if you're in a blue yeah. state push your red state representatives and if you're in a red state just move <laughs> yeah he's fucking yeah, that's always that's always a good oh, advice. Don't move, uh, everyone, everyone move to red states and make them all blue states. No, Please you should that. you should push back on everybody because yeah. even the there are even Republicans that are have reservations about it. And if we flip just two, we're fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's that's one of, like the the small crazy things where I think about politics and how important it is to vote is like it is down to the wire with the Senate. It it's yeah, yeah it's it always, always important it always to keep is, in yeah. mind where you're like, well, you know, politics was it matter if like one state goes red or blue? It's like this happens. Things yeah. are passing by a handful of votes. Yeah, the the crushing thing is uh, with like the Obama years, we all we all were surprised how little uh, we could get done when we're in power. But the, the Trump years have shown. How, how much we can get done, uh, or at least how many tools we have at our disposal yeah. to stop terrible legislation. Like, even with the neutrality bill, like now, uh, some senators are trying to pass, uh, like 15 senators are trying to pass their own uh, act to try to stop the, net, uh, the FCC's recommendation and say, fuck you. Yeah. Yep. And my, my representative, Maloney, introduced a bill into the House uh, the week before the vote to prevent that from happening, too. We, we saw, like, our, you know, democracy can be frustratingly slow, but it could also be. Frustratingly, like it has a lot of tools to protect rights and shit. Like, yeah, at its core. And now it's, it's going to go to court too. It's not going to. And just like be it's Congress. also yeah. looking back at 2017. It's important to note that one of the reasons why this is being pushed so hard by the Republicans is because they have had no victories. They have had no legislative mm-hmm. victories. That they've tried to repeal health care so many times. They've tried to do so many terrible things. And activism and the left have stopped them that their donors basically said, if you don't pass this, then you're fucking done forever. And like when Trump got elected and we and the Republicans had all the branches, I was like, well, that's going to be it for everything. Me too. That's why we read the show because I was like, we're done. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> gay marriage is going to be repealed. You know, all of our like social security is going to disappear. And you know what? Bad things have happened. Those things haven't happened yet. And yeah. we're, it's the, us fighting for it that have made this such a must pass or the GOP is done bill because they couldn't do anything else. So even if they pass this, we still mm-hmm. leave the year with a lot of victories. And I think that's important to think back on. Yeah. The, 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 the kind of sad thing is if they do pass it, at least you have something to like be angry yes. about. <laughs> to be like, this is why we need to keep fighting rather than getting complacent that it's like, well, we, we keep defeating all their evil proposals. Yeah, so. Everyone should always be angry. That's the, that's the slide yes, model. Yes. And we've been talking <laughs> so much about taking back the House all year. With Doug Jones's win in Alabama, we might be able to take back the Senate. It'll be really hard, but we might be able to. And that would be the coolest shit ever. The crazy thing, though, is like in Alabama... He only won like one out of seven districts, but he won. I don't <laughs> like because because of but the way it was like was the up. super disenfranchised in the face of voter suppression went out and the African American vote pushed him over yeah. the edge. Like, what more? What more could you ask for for like a fuck yeah liberals than winning in Alabama under those circumstances? <laughs> yeah, it's it's true. Great state of Alabama. Yeah, it's actually true for once. Yeah, so 20, I guess twenty seventeen was a good year. I mean, then. no, you know, we did it. We did it! Yay! <laughs> no more show. The show's over. Yeah. <laughs> Get complacent. Don't go. I'm obviously not saying get complacent. I'm saying that it's important to realize you can win sometimes. It's important to acknowledge your victories so you can use those victories to motivate uh, future victories. Yeah. So I know, even though I try to stay optimistic, I think it's important to note that 2017 has been a real shit year for most people, at least anyone with a heart. And Mm -hmm. I just... And it's also a year because of all the news coming out about Trump and how glued we are to the press that it's a year of like constant fear and anxiety yeah. for a lot of people being like, what kind of shit regulation are they going to try and pass next or try and tear, tear away next? And one of the things that I think is really important to keep stock of is we've always, the four of us have always followed politics really closely, but a lot of people haven't. And we certainly haven't followed them this closely. And there's something that I've noticed mm-hmm. with a lot of us is now so much more of my brain and time is spent in politics that like, it's important to remember to take some time away from it sometimes. Definitely, definitely. It can really <laughs> drag you down. Yeah. We've, had, we've had that experience the past couple of weeks when we've all been talking about how we don't want to do the show anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really, I can't do it all the time. That's why I'm not actually that active in the group either because I'm like, I really, I read the news, I read these fucking tax bills, and then I'm just like, I yeah. can't go and talk about it now. Like, I, I need to just 
I know it's shitty. Yeah. I feel bad about it. Like I can't. And and I just you know. I think that that's very important. And we've had a lot of people in our Facebook group, like Phil mentioned. Oops, I talked divisive issues, where people have said like I have to step away for a while. Like I can't do this anymore. Or recently, we've started a lot of like self care threads where we just talk about how great things like how great like this new album was, or how great this movie was, or like we've been talking a lot about Star Wars lately. And, like, the Facebook group has become a cool place where we talk about how shitty things are, but also, like, are there for each other. And I just want to thank all of our listeners, because the first year of a podcast is important to make it so it doesn't seem like you're just talking into the void. And they do, you guys all do a really, really great job at keeping me from, you know, keeping all of us from quitting the show every fucking week. (laughs) Yeah, and uh, and offering very interesting perspectives and the feedback. And the meme threads, yes. <laughs> which always have, which always have a couple of great things just late at night to scroll through and be like, "What a stupid, goddamn stupid yeah. thing!" And so, yeah, that's. I just wanted to thank everybody for helping keep us from just screaming all the time. And I also want to thank the Common Radio Network for taking us right away before we even released episodes. <laughs> And, uh, you know, you can check out them and all the other shows. Like, uh, I want to especially mention Tales from the Static because their newest episode, I don't remember what it was called. Whatever, it came out like a week ago. Whatever the newest episode was, they, uh, Ryan, it was all about like, it was, it was a horror episode, but it was based around talking to his dad when his dad didn't really understand where he was coming from. And I talk about my dad on the show all the time, and I very much related to the, like, can't you just have better opinions, though? <laughs> can't you be a better person? <laughs> <laughs> and I just, uh, yeah. Yeah, I feel like a lot of us have that kind of feeling yeah, with our parents yeah. sometimes. Don't, don't, especially now, like, it used to be like, oh, I don't talk about politics with my parents, but, like, you, I can't not mm-hmm. now. Like, you just can't. So, you know, it's it's not about politics at all, but it was a great episode of just, like, learning to, to you know, accept your parents for who they are and accepting their flaws and still like realizing that you can accept it, but not copy that. Now I yeah. approve of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And I really loved it. So check that out at a uh, comrade So thank you all for listening to oops. I talk politics. I've been barely keeping it together. I've been double taxed. I've been the eternal general. <laughs> Uh, and I'm uh, I wish I was dead. No, that's not true. I wish everyone else was dead. <laughs> I wish I wish John McCain was dead. <laughs> no. I I hope he's healthy. I hope he just does the right thing, but he's not going to, so whatever. You're dead to me, McCain. <laughs> Oops, I ended the podcast. Uh, yeah. Independent Podcasting Network.